to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week, we're going to be looking at the case of the Public Prosecutor's Office of the Athens Court of Appeal and O'Connor. The citation for this case is 2022 UKSC 4. And this case is all about what happens when a person's lawyer messes things up. That's bad enough at the best of times, but has potentially devastating effects when, as here, we are dealing with a criminal extradition case. Back in late 2015, a judge ordered O'Connor to be extradited to Greece so that a criminal prosecution could take place against him. During those extradition proceedings, O'Connor's solicitor did say that they were planning to appeal against the extradition order. Indeed, the notice of application for leave to appeal was filed with the court a few days later, but an oversight on the part of the solicitor meant that notice was not served on the other side until three weeks later well outside of the time limit of one week. This engaged section 26 subsection 5 of the Extradition Act 2003, which deals with situations where notice is given late. According to that provision, the High Court should still entertain the application if the person did, quote, everything reasonably possible to ensure that the notice was given as soon as it could be given, end quote. On the surface, this sounds like it gives O'Connor a degree of flexibility, but there is also a relevant case to consider in the form of Shegfu and Court of Pex Hungary from 2015. That decision basically says that there is no distinction to be drawn between the conduct of the individual and the conduct of their representative. In other words, the oversight of the solicitor is also, in legal terms, the oversight of O'Connor. Fortunately, the divisional court in Northern Ireland that heard this case disagreed with that decision in Shegfu and therefore allowed the application for leave to appeal. The Public Prosecutor's Office of the Athens Court of Appeal thought that Shegfu should have been applied and therefore appealed that decision. The question made its way up to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. The key word for the justices here was person and that is defined within section 26 subsection 1 of the Act as being the person subject to the extradition order. As such, the requirement later on in section 26.5 for the person to do everything reasonably possible is imposed on the person actually subject to potential extradition, and there is no good reason to also impose that same requirement on the person's legal representative. This conclusion is supported by a consideration of the problem that Parliament was trying to solve when it enacted Section 26.5. It is pretty clear that the hope was to avoid any injustice that could be caused by imposing a short and rigid time frame for the notices of application. While it is true that there is a general legal principle of surrogacy that means the fault of a representative is also recognised to be the fault of the client, that is by no means a universal principle and the decision in Shegfu would not be consistent with the actual words in section 26.5. Finally, Lord Stevens, in his lead judgment, agreed with the divisional court when it held that any procedural unfairness suffered by O'Connor if he was attributed the fault of his solicitors would not be remedied in practice. After all, even if O'Connor could successfully sue his solicitor in negligence after the fact, that would be of little consequence if he had already been extradited to Greece. Overall then, the Supreme Court found in favour of O'Connor, and that is probably the right decision. 
There is a lot to the idea that the actions of a representative should also be regarded as the actions of a client. That principle of surrogacy is important in commercial relationships because for the sake of certainty, a person should not be able to get out of an agreement just because it was negotiated by their agent. That could cause a lot of confusion and it would be much harder to get business done. However, while surrogacy should apply in the vast majority of situations, there is a good reason to find an exception here. As Lord Stevens pointed out, the wording in the provision mitigates against surrogacy, and applying it in this situation would cause great unfairness. Using the purposive approach to interpretation really brings this to light. Finally, before we finish, I think it is worth briefly discussing the reason that O'Connor was appealing the extradition decision in the first place. The prison that it was proposed he be sent to is Korydalos Prison in Athens. This is a prison that has an especially poor reputation and has been criticised by Amnesty International on a number of occasions for being severely overcrowded and totally unhygienic. O'Connor's argument is that this would be a breach of Article 3 of the European Convention on Human Rights for him to be sent to Korydalos because of the inhumane conditions. It will be interesting to see if this argument gains any traction, but in any case, it is yet another good reason why a person facing extradition should not be punished for a bureaucratic oversight by their legal representative. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter we've obviously had a lot of coverage of the Russia invasion and I plan to write a little bit more about that this week and we'll try and cover some of the cases that are more relevant to the UK as well. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!